Jill Bennett sitting in for Simi. Well, we have been watching the wildfire activity in B.C. We know the government has spent more than half a billion dollars already on fire suppression efforts for this year's wildfire season. That price is expected to increase as the concern also grows. So is there anything we can do in our communities to make them more ecologically sustainable? And what does that mean? What does that look like? Joining me now to talk more about this is Dr. Jenny Moore, Director of of sustainability at BCIT. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Well, I know you have worked in many different ways, many different departments, a former advisor to the UN, looking at kind of how this impacts communities and cities around the world, as well as right here in BC. What are you focusing on? Then when we talk about sustainability and being ecologically sustainable, what does that actually mean? I'm glad you asked that. It's a great question. First and foremost, in order for us to be ecologically sustainable, we have to operate all of our human activities, including our global economy, within the ecological parameters that sustain all life. And we haven't been doing that for many decades. And the question might be, well, how can that be? It's because we've been drawing down all of the natural ecological systems that have been built up for millennia and millennia and millennia. And since the Industrial Revolution, we've pretty much drawn most of that down in the last 200, 300 years. So it's quite phenomenal. But our lifetimes are so short. And you can think about from the time you were born till now, all the new technologies we've had. So many things have changed. It's hard to imagine that humans can have that big a global impact. But that's what's happening. What do you mean we've been drawing down on it or that, that we've drawn down on, on all of those, th- those areas? Yeah. So what drawing down our natural capital means is when we dig up fossil fuels and burn it, those are ancient um, dinosaurs or old biological life form that's been compressing for millions of years. When we harvest old growth forests, those are big established ecosystems that have been functioning for many years. Same with the Amazonian rainforest. Our oceans, actually most people don't realize, produce a lot of our oxygen and they have been absorbing a lot of the carbon that we've been putting in the atmosphere for the last couple centuries. So these are the capacities or sinks that we've that we've taken advantage of and because when we started our adventure as an industrialized society these resources were infinite and abundant so we just assumed that they would always be there for us and now we realize that actually that's the waste sinks that are filling up faster than our ability to mitigate those wastes and that's that's a real challenge and that's what climate change is it's a carbon waste sink challenge and so when we look at though at what we can do as uh, say an individual or a community or even as a city if we're not looking at that the bigger picture of every country and what other countries are doing is it really possible then to be doing something at that level and it makes a difference It's always possible to be doing something at the individual level and we need to be doing it simultaneously we need to be doing stuff at the global level and those things go hand in hand So you've heard this before but number 1 if you're concerned about these issues, do get involved and understand what the political parties that you vote for who lead our country are, are um, what their platforms are. Many of us have had the luxury of not worrying about that, and we've been asleep at the wheel for a long time on this file. I think everyone now is quite alarmed and quite worried. Unfortunately, the impacts we're experiencing now are from emissions that we threw into the atmosphere several decades in the past. So things are going to get quite a bit worse before they get better. But if we don't start acting now, 
they're never going to get better. So in our own lives, thinking about how we reduce emissions from driving, eating uh, high-protein foods like red meat, many of these things, uh, consuming disposable products, things that can't be fixed. Unfortunately, our economy is geared towards undervaluing the true ecological and social costs of our activities. So as we continue to grow our economy, we continue to grow our problems around more ecological uh, impacts, more climate change. We need to improve our economy, which is different from growing it. Improving it means actually factoring in these costs. Same thing for our cities. Our cities were built with this assumption of infinite oil. So we have sprawling cities. When we think about what an ecological city looks like, it's massively much more compact. The shopping malls that are coming up with the high-rise towers where people can work, live, play in one seven-block area, for example, where it's so compact you don't need a car, that's getting to the level of eco-city we need, a factor 10 reduction in our energy and materials consumption. And when we talk about things that we're doing, though, and even if we look to what government, different government levels are doing, I'll use the example of banning plastic straws. I mean, it sounds great. I'm not sure it's actually going to do anything in the bigger picture. Are we focused on the right things or are we stuck on doing things that look like we're making a difference? Oh, what a great question. Yes, I think we're focused on the wrong things. It's not to say that these aren't important. They're all important. They're all um, making incremental changes. But we need big radical shifts. And the number one biggest innovation we can make is to really sit down and rethink what are the true ecological costs of our activities today? And how do we begin to incorporate those costs into our economic transactions? We have all lived a great life by undervaluing those ecological, um, what I talked about before, those natural capital resources, which built up over millennia. Now that party is coming to an end and very quickly. So the biggest single innovation we can make is to start thinking about what our economic system is telling us about what these things are worth. Like if disposable straws or disposable anything uh, is cheap, it's because it's, it's letting nature take the waste sink responsibilities. We're not taking responsibility. So in the future, we're going to go a lot more. We need to go a lot more to fix, repair, use durable goods that last for a very long time. Um, these are the big government shifts, big business shifts that we as individuals often feel disempowered to make. But together, when we vote, when we're educated, when we start to use our intelligence to shop differently, that's where we're going to see big shifts. Even something like that, and this has come up many times in that as a consumer, say, appliances used to be built to last 10, 20 years. They're not built that way anymore. Is that something that even, uh, so as a consumer, is it demanding change? Is it demanding that yes. companies go back to doing that? A hundred percent. Yes. It, like we have created so many false obsolescences in our system in order to drive more throughput. But more throughput means more energy, more materials are getting used. Even though we're innovating for efficiency, all those efficiency gains are being lost on the designed obsolescence side of the equation, right? Like, yes, 100%. We know how to make things and use, we already know how to do things with 75% less energy materials in our economy. When we bump into the challenge of, but it it's not cost effective to do that. As soon as you hear that word, you know that we as a society have undervalued what the real ecological and social costs are. 
because right now our economy is not telling the truth about that. So if it's cheaper to be disposable, that's the lie that we need to stop telling ourselves because at the end of the day, climate change doesn't care what we chose as the price. It's telling us what the real price is. All right, Jenny Moore, we'll have to leave it there for today, but appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.